kick off your boots and put down your hunting knife. It's time for the Outdoor Man Podcast with the man himself, Outdoor Man Dan. Join us for fun stories, useful how-tos, and insights into what being an outdoorsman means today and what it may mean in the future. From ethical hunting and conservation to new stories to tell around the fire. Let's get into today's show with your host, Outdoor Man Dan. So this week's episode is about the guy who I met inadvertently really through um, spearfishing. It was, I was struggling with equalization and that went from me struggling with equalization to learn to free dive properly. Now David is a man who has got the patience of the saint, trust me, because he needed it with me. He saw all my fears come out once when we was getting into the water and dropping down and I have to say I had the best sort of three days I've ever had doing anything like this and it's yeah the bug is set so I won't tell you anything about Dave Dave let him do it all himself I won't ruin the surprise so David thank you very much for doing this it's much appreciated yeah I'm, I'm uh, very pleased to speak to you again Daniel yeah so we were just chatting before we started about you doing a bit of teaching the last few days or over the weekend I mean, how did it all start for you? Not just teaching obviously this weekend, but I mean, you've gone from somebody who started doing a little bit of spearfishing to with the British team. I mean, how? How? It seems crazy that um, my old life seems so distant now. But I really started probably about fifteen years ago, maybe even longer than that. Actually, it really started like uh, I, was, I remember being on holiday in, in Mallorca. And just swimming around and seeing a few fish in the water, it's much clearer. And uh, didn't really think much more of it. But then went to a supermarket or a shopping department store, El Corte Ingles. And uh, I remember just looking around and got to their sports section and I saw all this spearfishing gear. And I thought, oh my God, I just want to do that. So I didn't know what I was doing, but I just bought a spear gun. And literally, I went down the beach the next day and got in. I knew nothing about diving, but I just wanted to spear a fish. And uh, like, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say it now, but I did. I, I speared a small fish and as soon as I did it, I felt bloody terrible. I really regretted what I did because it was pointless, you know. But I didn't know what I was doing. And I mean, that's no excuse still, but I felt so embarrassed about it. It didn't give me a good feeling. But anyway, it made me realise that I actually wanted to spearfish more. And so when I got back to the UK, I bought a wetsuit, didn't know anything about wetsuits, didn't know anything about any equipment. There wasn't all this stuff online now that uh, you can read and learn from now. And uh, I, I remember having a, it wasn't even a low volume mask. I didn't know anything about weighting, but I knew you needed weights. So... I used to do a lot of rod fishing <laughs> and I, uh, a leather belt that I used to wear with my jeans. And so I had a load of like one pound fishing weights because I used to go out boat fishing quite out deep. And I just tied a load of these weights to my leather, <laughs> to my leather jean belt and went out and, uh, really, yeah, didn't, didn't have a clue. So I went out and I'd shoot some fish, uh, from the surface sometimes dived down and actually I used to hyperventilate like crazy because I thought that was the way to hold your breath longer until my skin was fizzing really literally I was doing all of the things that um you're not supposed to do and and you know if someone came to me and told me that now I would probably have a fit 
But anyway, I knew we were doing stuff wrong. But for years, me and my brother would do this, you know. The only thing that saved me, really, is that I got scared when I got down to about four or five metres. I didn't know that you had to equalise your mask, so I'd feel pressure on my face, and it used to scare me. So one day, I I remember saying to my brother, Graham, there must be something we can do uh, that makes this easier. And at that time, I saw a TV programme. Emma Farrell was on there. Emma Farrell... uh, is a free diver, a very good free diver and instructor. And I remember seeing her on TV doing this program about free diving. So immediately I Googled her and found that she was like literally an hour and a half away from me. And I, I messaged her, booked onto the course. And two weeks later, I was on a course. And of course, as soon as I did that free diving course, I doubled my breath hold, I doubled my depth. Everything fell into place and made sense. And uh, I just totally got hooked then on free diving. And uh, within five months, I was diving to 40 odd meters and yeah, just loving every minute of it. And then soon after that, I became an instructor and worked for Emma for, I don't know, probably seven or eight years, maybe. Wow. That's mm. a hell of a. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but it didn't kind of finish there because what happened was about three and a half years ago, one of the other instructors said to me, Dave, he said, do you want to do this competition? There's a pool competition coming up in, in uh, Bristol. So I thought, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a a pool competition, not for any other reason really than to just think that it would be good for an instructor to have experience for any students that ask me what it's like to compete. And so I trained myself. I didn't have a coach. I didn't really know. All I knew that, you know, if you can train, hold your breath, have contractions and stay calm, you'll probably improve somehow, you know. Anyway, I trained myself six weeks, I think, before the competition. And I ended up coming third in the British Nationals. And uh, I was super happy. But but not just that, I got totally hooked now on competition free diving. So as soon as I finished that competition, I was straight on the computer looking for where I could find the next competition. And then it it really got me thinking, because I think I went to Dahab then and did a competition. And I'd been to Dahab a few times years before. And really, a few years ago, there were only really two main diving centers in in Dahab. One was Dahab Freedivers and the other was Freedive Dahab. But then when I went back, more recently, there were like loads of freelance instructors around everywhere, living this kind of free life. And uh, it really got me thinking about where my life was going. Because at the, at the time, I'd been divorced now, probably, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. All my three children were all grown up. They were self-sufficient, had good jobs, good partners. So it kind of left me with this business that I wasn't really enjoying. And so at that point, I decided to sell it. and. It took me a year to sell, but then uh, once I'd sold it, I, I literally, I remember as soon as the contracts were signed, I went down the, the charity shop and took all of my work clothes and all of my work shoes and everything <laughs> and handed them over and just went out and bought a load of flip-flops, T-shirts and shorts. And that was it. I, uh, I started my free diving career as a as a competitive freediver and yeah I mean I, I took some coaching then I learned a lot more about freediving a lot more about equalization and uh, yeah I started competing obviously made a few mistakes in the first year um, like 
you know, everyone would. But as I gained experience and I learned how to train properly, yeah, I, I started reaching depths, which meant that I uh, qualified for the British team. And so I did a couple of world championships. And, and yeah, and so even now I'm still hooked on it, still improving and uh, still loving uh, every minute of it. You done a personal best, didn't you, a couple of months ago before you came yeah. back to the UK? Yeah, well, so all along my journey, equalisation has kind of been my block. And like most freedivers that are in competition, equalisation is their block. But I didn't really know how to train properly. And, you know, I, I was hanging out with some deep freedivers and obviously picking up tips from them, but also good coaches. I've, uh, my, my first proper coaching, I would say, was with Harry Shamas in um, Dahab, who is a very good coach very good technical stuff and I learned a lot from Harry and that obviously improved my diving but also out there is another guy called Gus Cravenus the Lithuanian guy he's crazy but crazy good and uh, he really knows how to motivate you and he knows how to push you without pushing you too far and I kind of really clicked with him and uh, I, I love the guy and the guy gives you so much as a coach he gives you everything so you know anybody who's out there go and see one of those two guys because they will set you up on the right path for deep free diving and anyway yeah so I was progressing and I was slowly getting to the 50s and the 60s and then 70 meters um, and you know things were going great but all the way along every time I was diving it was always at the end of my equalization so even in competition I had all these doubts about whether I was going to make the dive or not, because whether my equalization was going to last. Because with deeper free diving, you need to learn a more advanced equalization technique called mouth fill. And basically what it is, is you, you fill your mouth at around 20 meters because you cannot pull air up from your lungs when you go a little bit deeper than that. So then it's about managing the air in your mouth to go deep. And that's when the air in your mouth runs out, that's basically when your dive's over. So the secret to deeper diving is relaxation, but also making this, this amount of air that you've managed to put in your mouth, make it last. And that's really where the skill is. And there's so many mistakes you can make along the way. And I just wasn't really natural at it. So I, I really had to work at it. And it all really changed for me. I would say, yeah, I, I, did, um, I met a girl called uh, Alice Modelo when I was out in Dahab. And she's like a French champion and actually a world record holder even in biofins. And I learned quite a lot from her. Mental strength was one thing. But the other thing, she uh, invited me to join her on a course of how to teach equalization. And so we, we did this course with uh, several other divers, but through Federico Manor. Federico Manor is like a, an equalization specialist. Amazing guy, amazing guy. And his teaching materials were fantastic. And so we all did the, the, the teaching course with him, which gave me like a lot of uh, awareness about how my own equalization was going. So I made improvements, but I made, I made massive improvements on the way that I teach equalization and how I am with students now, which is why I think uh, that's how we, we ended up meeting, right? Um, yes, yeah, yeah. So I went off with, um, with Maxim, with a Frenchman, and I got to about probably a point. I think when the tide was in, I think we were at sort of seven meters, and I was with the veers and and everything else. I was struggling to get down through a bit of fear, and then I was struggling to equalise as well. 
and when eventually I think we got down to about we went down to about six feet, probably six and a half, if I'm being sort yeah. of generous towards myself. And I thought I'm not coming all this way and paying all the money I've paid to not get something. <laughs> and um, we had we had lunch, and then in the afternoon we sort of mucked around with the spear guns. He showed us what and had spear guns, and he sort of worked. I already sort of half knew because I already YouTube it and had a play anyway before going. I wanted to make sure I knew how it all worked before I went with him. And um, I said to him, I said, he said, well, I sort of it, really. I said, well, can we sort of have a bit of a bow up and down the water? So, you know, practice a duck dive and see if I can sort of at least get that. And with that, I sort of relaxed a little bit, I think, probably from the morning. As you said, you said to me on the course, you know, there's a big difference from the morning when you first get in the water till the afternoon. And it definitely was then, you know, I'd sort of got, got the fizz wrapped around my head that that jaws wasn't going to come and eat me. And I dropped down and all of a sudden... I saw the bot. You know, we had about two, two meters of vis, I reckon. And I mm-hmm. saw the floor, and I mm-hmm. half equalised and half hadn't. But I was so excited that I'd just seen a, a scallop on the on the <laughs> bed. I was like, "That's a scallop. That, that, I'm having that." But at that <laughs> point, everything went wrong, as you can imagine. I had to yeah. come back up anyway. Right. Got back down, and that was a click for me. And I sort of things start to work. And then when we got back on the shore, we we're talking about the equalisation and. And he said that I need to sort of Google you and do an equalization course. And it went from wanting to do an equalization course to let's get wet and um, do it properly. You know, I've, it's, it's been brilliant. You know, last this last week I went out with a mate of mine, does a lot of open water swimming. So mm-hmm. I took a kayak and some weights and some rope. And while he was swimming up and down, I just practiced my duck dive and, and equalization and, and the technique, you know, of getting my chin to my chest rather than looking up yeah. and all of a sudden I was comfortable. Yeah. And that's not something I say relatively easily because you, you saw yourself how uncomfortable I was for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all just because, you know, we had a you know a couple of days in the water and um, yeah. had some fun with it really. Well, I mean, equalization is key because uh, if you can't equalize properly, you're always going to struggle on your dives, no matter what level you're at, whatever level it is. If you don't frenzel, you Valsalva or you do a mixture. So Valsalva is when you push your belly. It's not a relaxing way to dive. And so it will shorten your dive time, shorten your relaxation and shorten your enjoyment. So for me, one of the most important things about diving is learning how to equalize first in the right way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because it's very difficult to teach people how to dive if they can't equalize. Because all they're going to do is hurt their ears. And like you you said, you get frustrated. You've paid the money. You want to get something out of it. You want to get some depth, right? But yeah. equalization is going to stop you. And the only and, and if you're so determined, you're going to end up injuring your ears. So this is why I offer, as part of my courses, the online equalization part. And people don't really understand that you can learn all you need to learn about equalization dry. Yeah. And uh, if I see the right thing when we do video calls or Zoom calls with, with students, if I see the right thing, I know it's going to work in the water 100%. But people can't get their head around that. They, they don't realize that it can all be done beforehand. And it's so much easier if you do it beforehand because trying to learn equalization over two days on a course while you're trying to learn all these other skills is pretty much impossible. No, it is, 100%. And I, I get it. You know, I, well, as you know, I, with the video calls, I tried to get it right for you so then we could we could crack on, which which I did to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. 
but I never thought I was going to touch the top of that plane. There was no <laughs> way I thought I was yeah. getting down there at one point. Yeah. You know, well, I went from what, you know, six and a half metre personal best to 12. Yeah, yeah. And I'm feeling more comfortable about yeah. it as well. I've had quite a few students who they followed the equalisation stuff and, you know, like where we started at first on the platforms and you're, you're diving the five or six metres on the first morning, kind of like a little bit nervous or a bit anxious. And I've had so many students this year who have been like that on the first day and the afternoon of the second day, they're diving to 20 metres and doing a swim through in what I consider one of the toughest dives at, uh, at Bobster because it's quite dark as well. So not yeah. only you have the fear of diving into something dark, but anyway, it's amazing to see. And I, you know, this is one of the reasons why I enjoy instructing because I love to see the enjoyment. I get so much enjoyment. I know what it was like for myself when I was learning. Uh, it changed my life and how it opened, you know, so many doors for me. And, you know, I really like seeing, you know, when I see a student achieve more than they thought they could, it gives me, you know, it gives me a good feeling. So uh, in my yeah. mind, is always that image of when we were coming up. I touched the top of the plane and swung myself round. And um, I'm always, I never smile. I'm always so serious for some reason. I always look miserable. And yeah. I remember you telling me to smile because I just, you know, I'd achieved a personal best anyway. Alone, yeah. we, you know, I never thought I was getting down there. You know, it's always like yeah. little problem after little problem, and that's never, that's never going to go away from me. That just that smile because you know yeah, yeah. it was yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm a little gutted that i didn't get down to the the pit at bobster that was what i'd yeah. really like to have got down to but mm-hmm. the technique wasn't quite right for the equalization and, and it wasn't going to happen and it's as simple as that but what you got to look at is what you achieve in two days yeah I mean, exactly if we'd had another day i think i'd have got there yeah sure definitely um, yeah it's just a case of yeah, getting to the pool and do the pool side uh, Danny Hall, which actually that was a big confidence thing for me as well because after my I never thought I was going to hold my breath for was it two two minutes thirty was the the um, key and and I kept an eye on the clock when we were when we were practicing when we were laid on the side of the pool I thought shit that's going to be tight <laughs> that's going to be bloody tight and it was literally I was what five seconds out I think to remember from the first yeah. time to retry and then the second yeah. time the second time I'd done it I nearly was it third. 255 or 250 or a shy of three minutes and I'd never ever thought I'd got gotten there you know yeah and again the swim underwater I know okay, I went off like a rocket and you both tried to struggle to be near the <laughs> speedboat to keep up with me <laughs> but I was I was yeah. determined that I, at least one thing you're going to ask me to do for the whole three days I was just going to do first time round <laughs> yeah. um, and that was happening but yeah. yeah the most enjoyable course I think I've done in a long time it was uh, isn't a thought that is so spearfishing, so you've, I, I know on um, online I've seen you touting your wares with um, with the Frenchman, some deep stuff. How's that going? Done anything yet? We uh, we had something penciled in, but it never happened. But we're doing one next weekend, actually. So it should be really good. I, I've uh, I've been in touch with the three guys that are going to be diving with us and uh, went over a few things beforehand so they know what to expect, check the equalisation is going to be good. So I think, you know, if the weather holds out, we're going to have a really nice, uh, a really nice time. Yeah, it's good. I mean, like, uh, I think it's a good combination that Max and I are doing. You know, obviously he's got amazing spearfishing skills. He knows all the spots. And then if you couple that with my experience from deeper diving and um, freediving part of it, and then we glue it together, um, we end up with uh, 
good, hopefully a good experience for these guys coming up in the next weekend. Yeah, it could um, be some decent fun. Yeah. yeah, it should be, should be, yeah. Deep dives and hopefully some nice fish as well. Yeah. yeah. Are you have you done any of the other one as well? Because you you put a bit of a chart together as well, weren't you? With, um, yeah, I've, I've got my boatman here in Pool, uh, Chris Molam. He's an ex-commercial fisherman. He was a commercial fisherman for 35 years, and he knows some amazing spots in Pool, right? And uh, I mean, he takes me out a few times, and I've always caught fish with him. But I've kind of learned because he's he's he knows all the spots. I originally met him because he was spearfishing. And he came to me and he said, Dave, I'm, I've been spearfishing a long time, many years, but he said, my bottom time isn't very good. So I said, okay, let's do a day in Bobster. So I took him along uh, to Bobster and just looked at a bit of technique. We adjusted his weighting quite a bit, thinning technique, streamlining, all these things, just to make, make him more comfortable and get him more relaxed. Anyway, he started diving really well and he was like beaming. He would come up from a dive beaming, like with uh, how much he enjoyed the dive and how much longer he could stay down just with some simple little adjustments you know and a little bit of focus in the mind anyway we became friends I really like him so he's taken me out a few times on the boat and uh yeah we get fish because he knows some good spots and these are not even deep spots the maximum I think we've been is 10 meters he knows deeper spots but he's only comfortable to 10 meters anyway I realized after a couple of times he would say to me Dave you go over, I'm going to anchor the boat here. You go over there. It's a little bit deeper. You can dive deeper than me so you can get some fish over there. And I'll go over here. Right? <laughs> and then after, after I would swim out and there wouldn't be much about, right? Even though it was deeper water, it just didn't look fishy to me. So, uh, so I would go in a little bit and then I would see better kind of terrain and I would start catching fish, right? And he did this to me a couple of times. And then I realized that he's like, putting me off the scent to start with while well, he gets a few fish <laughs> and uh, it was good but he yeah I mean he he gets lots of fish and whenever I go with him we get lots of fish so we said look he's got a coded boat why don't we start trying to do something together as well because I do I do a few shore diving spearfishing courses around here but the boat we access places that are very difficult to get to if you're walking so it's not shallow, it's not deep diving, it's all mainly shallow, below 10 metres. Yeah. But also, what we're trying to do is access some deeper stuff, but we just haven't had the time to do proper recce's on it, do some days out where it's just me and him, and then we uh, check out a few spots. Because he's opened uh, a fish shop in uh, in Pool where I live. Oh, okay. Uh, been pretty busy with that. But we've got a day coming up, I think, uh, on the 8th, of August, I'd love to come. Got, we're focused on that, and hopefully um, that's going to be a good day. I mean, if the weather's good and we get fizz, I'm pretty much sure we're going to get some fish because yeah. he knows the water so well from 35 years of uh, commercial fishing. You know, now I just dive on those spots and I can tell him how many fish are down there. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But a, a super nice guy as well. You know, yeah, that's what you want in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, right. Thank you very much for this, mate. It's been much appreciated. We're going to run out of time, so I'm going to say thank you very much now to using Zoom and not the other one I wanted yeah. to use. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
You've been listening to the Outdoor Man Podcast. We're glad you're here. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Find us on Twitter at Podcast Outdoor, on Instagram, Outdoor underscore Man underscore Podcast, on Facebook, Outdoor Man Podcast, and you can even reach us by email, dan at outdoorman.uk. Let us know your outdoor questions and be sure to tag us when you're outside living your best life. Until next time, be the example. Thank you.